All right, everybody, welcome to the Raleigh Knows podcast. Today we have a special guest. It goes, he goes by uh, DNE, or may may you, um, yeah, that's, honors? that's that's correct. I go by DNE. Um, real name Gerardo Daniel Hernandez. Damn, um, that's where I get it from, Danny DNE. Um, do we want to just get into what that means, or uh, so yeah, we'll we'll get into that first. Uh, but let, let's talk a little bit about what like where you like where you're from. Who you are, who brings you to the podcast. Obviously, I invited you over. I feel like you have a cool story to, to share, and uh, you got some cool things going on with your life. Um, you are one of the first of many barbers that are going to... Uh, he's a barber, so everybody... He goes by DNE. Um, so, yeah, clarify on where you're from and, and all that. So, originally, I'm from uh, Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. Um, I was born there briefly, I want to say. I honestly got smuggled into the country, you know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was raised here. I've been here for about, here meaning the United States, for about 26 years. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been a, a beautiful struggle, I'd say. That's dope, man. Uh, so you're from Mexico. Your family's from Mexico as well. Um, you grew up your whole life in Vegas, right? Um, yeah, most of my life in Vegas, pretty much all my life in Vegas. I had about briefly... A little stay in uh, El Monte, California. Maybe okay. F- maybe four years there. Well, is that South California? Um. Yeah. 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 South Cal. Okay. Okay. I believe uh, so. If I'm if I'm mistaken, I'm sorry. <laughs> so how was that, man? How's how's it growing up over here and uh, being that you have that situation and that you're you're are you uh I'm what like are you um what I'm trying to say is like how how's it how's it been like going through that whole process of, uh, you know, being from another country? You know what? Um, I had a very regular childhood. I had regular friends, friends who were from here, Mexican as well, who really didn't understand the struggle that I was facing as a child. But I think my family did a very good job of kind of not, like, really putting that in front of our faces and kind of allowing us to be kids, you know. We had regular uh, video games, sports, after-school activities. We felt like we were just here. That really didn't sink in until we were probably... Well, like 16. 16? 16 is when I felt the, the change of, of race, of who this is who you are, this society says who you need to be, and this is where you're placed in, in sense of class and uh, based on your race. And that's when I really felt that 16. And you felt it. Like, can you, like, can you describe a little bit of, like, what caused, what you had to go through for you to actually understand that? Because I, I feel like 16, like, that's kind of a young age to kind of, like, be woke that woke you know it's it's young but not young enough i believe uh i I know in my middle school days there was a brief moment where there was like they're trying to uh separate the mexicans and the black people and there was constant friction in 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 class in between classes lunchtime Mm -hmm. so i had to pick because i was mostly friends with black people but on the weekends i would play soccer with the mexican people yeah so they're like who are you bro like who are you repping you know and I had a pick. I was like, bro, like, I'm just, I'm about peace, love, and, you know, like, I'm on my own business, bro. You yeah. know, I'm friends with everybody. What you mean? Yeah. So then that's when I realized, like, yo, there's something else going on around me that's bigger than just you, you know. It's, yeah. it's race, it's color, it's identifying your, I guess, your roots and what you stand for, you know. Yeah. Damn. And that's, that's a very young age that you got that idea, man. So, but, uh, how, okay, so <clears throat> being that, you know, you're from Mexico, you grew up here. You went through a little bit of trials and tribulations as a, as a kid uh, growing up, 16, kind of realizing uh, 
like where where you stand in in society and stuff like that. What kind of like caused you? Because you you're a barber. And um, what would you like to call yourself? Barber, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I am a free spirit. I think the barber term is just a term. You are this. You're chosen this. Like, you're given this craft before you even know it, I believe. Um, if a lot of you don't know it, I am self-taught. Um, thanks, thanks to the Lord, he gave me the keys to just you know, figure it out and just, you know, follow my dream, follow my craft and just not take no for an answer, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, again, the way uh, I was brought up, I'm an undocumented Mexican living in the U.S. My dream was to be a barber and it was kind of cut short right after high school when I, uh, when they told me, yo, you can't go to barber school because you don't have these digits, them digits being a social security. Right. So then I was like, damn. I take that. Damn, how'd you feel? How'd you feel when they told you that? Because, like, straight out of high school, like, people are at, at that stage where they're like, what do I do? Uh, what do I do? And you finally actually, you actually found what you wanted to do, and um, they told you no. They told me no. And um, um, I was fortunate enough to just have people who believe in me and support me, um, friends who just uh, let me cut their hair, practice for free, you know. And Who's your first uh, person that you, that you fucked up? because <laughs> you um, you cut hair like obviously the first one probably wasn't perfect but who who's the first person that was bold enough for you to let you uh practice on it's ironic because my father didn't want me to cut hair and he was the first person who let me put a clipper to that he didn't want you to cut hair <laughs> yeah no how, how was that like, what do you mean by that he was um culturally i think hispanic people are very machistas Okay. And they felt that like, cutting hair is more like, of like a, a beauty school. A feminine thing, uh, okay. you know what I mean? I got you. So he was more like, yo, I don't want my son to be, you know, gay because he's cutting hair, you know? Uh, so he took it as like, you're a salon. Like, yeah. You're a salon. We didn't I mean, either way. We didn't grow up going to barbershops. We didn't know what barbershops were. Right, right, right. It was more of a, let's go to a salon, cut you up for six bucks, and you're cool, you know? Six bucks for yeah, a that, cut. That was way back, bro. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. Trust, bucks. bro. Yeah, that's how. That's how I was brought up, bro. Like, I would just get a haircut, and then they would make sure they get you the, the lowest cut so you get last a couple months without a haircut. So keep in mind, he saw nothing but girls cutting hair, and he saw that them girls were underpaid. Like, you weren't going to do nothing but just waste your time cutting hair. Yeah. So he didn't want me to be that. But to go back, going back, yeah, he was the first person who said, yo, line me up in the back real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but okay. So but being that, uh, what at what age were you? And then like like how difficult was it to, to be like, damn, like the person that that birth well, not birth but made me doesn't support what I, what I do. So I think I, that has a lot to do with uh, again the whole machismo side of it, where it's like, yo, my son's gonna cut hair. What? No, I don't want him to do that. But then again, I was coming out of the whole idea of him me him thinking that I was gonna be a professional athlete. And I believe that that to him was his. That was his goal, yeah. yeah. For, for me, okay, you know? yeah, because you were you were a goalie, right? Yeah, I was a goalie, and I was uh, I was doing pretty well for myself. I went to a couple out of state tournaments, uh, won state championships here, and I was doing pretty well for myself. But that wasn't. I knew that it it required money, right? And money re- meant stress for my family. And at a young age, I was like 13, 14, I saw how hard it was for my dad to come up with money to send me to out of trip, send me to out of state on trips that he couldn't afford to go watch me play so mm. what was i doing it for you know what i mean yeah. like he can't watch me play like i i'm not having fun you know what i mean like yeah, so yeah. i was like, i kind of took a step back 
because I saw how much stress it caused my family. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Let me put the soccer ball aside. Let me pick up the clipper. That was 14. I was 14. Yeah, 14. So you, you cut your dad first? Yeah. At 14? At 14. After him telling you that, that that's probably not the move. No, so I cut him up, and he didn't think that I was going to take it seriously. Oh, he was just cutting him up? Yeah. So the clippers were laying around the house. He just so happened to say, hey, you know what? Let me up back here. I can't see in the back. Cool, I step in. And from that moment, I didn't put the clipper down. Once that that was it, that moment. Yeah, once I had the clipper in my hand, I took advantage and I cut up everybody in the house. My two cousins, my two, my uncles, my older cousins, I cut up everybody I could that day. Like, this is it. Let me just practice. You know, let me figure this out. That's right. Yeah. And so that's then, how you got started, that's huh? That's how I got started, bro. It was just, you know, just trying to get rid of that fear, like, of fucking up, excuse me, of messing up. Oh, you good, bro. You good. Go ahead. <laughs> Of messing up, getting rid of that fear of messing up. And I think that applies a lot to life, you know. I feel that we prevent ourselves from even trying because we create scenarios in our mind that hasn't yet happened and keeps us from even trying. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I, I feel like people are more, like, more than... I, th I think they're just, like, scared to fail. And that's more so the, yeah, the idea. It's, it's human nature to avoid pain. And I think failure causes pain, so we avoid even trying that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, man. I, I remember, uh, it's kind of like a side story. One of my buddies, he uh, he just started, he decided he wanted to start cutting hair, so he was going to barber school. Fortunately, I guess, like, it was, like in his, um, he was able to go to barber school. But um, he was just, like, learning how to cut. So, like, like anybody, you need to practice. Like, you could go to barber school and not go to barber school. You could still be, still be nice. But um, this particular person, he, he kept pitting me up. He's like, hey, come on, bro, fuck with me. Like, let me cut your hair. Let me cut your hair. Like, I already had a barber. Grant you, like, I'm like, fuck, all right, I'll give him a chance. Like, I, I'm just go support. At least support. Yeah. And, and that was mostly the thing. Like, I like I didn't really need a haircut. But, like, I still went over there. I'm like, bro, like, just, just so I could get you uh, some practice or, like, just say that you cut my hair. Hey. I, I, I went there, bro. He fucked my shit up, bro. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you, bro. He fucked my shit up. And it's what's fucked up is that he cut me first, and he, I saw what he did to me. I'm like, fuck, man, what do I say? And then, like, my little brother got a haircut. He didn't do too bad on my little brother because my brother didn't ask for a lineup, but, dude, my shit was fucked. And then, and then a couple years later, bro, he's nice now. So he's nice now. But And it's one thing that I really, really appreciated him, like, bringing up. He's like, hey, bro, I remember when. When I told you to come through and you came through and you let me cut your hair, bro, I fucked your shit up. <laughs> he told me straight up, like, I fucked your shit up, bro. I'm like, yeah, man, but hey, you learning, but look how you are now. Like, so I'm proud of you. So that, it was mostly that, bro. Like, I could have just, and, and it's kind of fucked up. How do you feel about that? How, uh, cheating on your barber? <laughs> you know, it's not even that. It's the fact that people like you are needed for people like us to be able to believe in ourselves. Right. You know, like, we understand that we're not at the best you know caliber but the just the fact that you give us a chance that's all we want you know instead of being put down put away yeah because nah, i, I could have easily know? been like nah you're nah bro nah, you fucking suck, yeah no nah, but that. dude i i just can't be like that, that like that's a lot that means a lot and that goes a long way and that energy gets given back to you i mean what you I, I think out. so yeah i think so too yeah so speaking of that like uh good energy that's my next topic so uh how do you feel about it how uh what do you what are your views on good energy um, you know what? Uh, I've been cutting hair for a little bit while, like a little bit, I mean, eight plus years. And I get a lot of people in my chair with different types of energy. And by what I mean by energy, 
I mean by different stress levels. Got you. You know, you get people to come in who are happy, and you feel that energy like, oh, that's uplifting. Yeah, that's definitely, bro. Especially, especially at work, it happens a lot at work. Like when you come into work, someone's having a bad day, you feel it you right feel away. It. Someone's having a good day, or someone's like Light. expressing themselves like positive, like positively, like. You see them like, fuck, I'm going to have a good day. Yeah. So I get, I get what you mean. Exactly. So that's how I learned to kind of like read the energy off a person. Like, who's this guy's going through some shit? You could tell by the, how tense their shoulders are. You could tell how like they're like all over the place or breathing is, is off. You know what I mean? That to me is anxiety. It's them yeah. trying to like just don't know how to express themselves. And that happens to me. I suffer for that as, as well. You know, anxiety is a, is a motherfucker. But I feel that energy is created through peace. You know, like if you were at peace with yourself, you're gonna have a calm energy to yourself. If you're happy with yourself, you're gonna have a happy energy to yourself. If you're going through shit, you kind of relate that to people. You push that out there to people by your negativity, by your tone, by your the, the way you breathe is heavy. You know what I mean? Like you you just sense that from a person. You know, and that's how I mean by what I mean by energy and being able to read it. Um, it's important to be around good energy because. You know, it, it gives you the boost to keep going. So what do you mean by that, by good energy? Like, be around good energy. What do you mean? Uh, being around good energy, being about people who are solution-based people, uh, who help you find a solution to whatever problem you may have or even suggest a solution to a problem that you have that you, cause, you probably didn't even think of because they have a different perspective, a different yeah. angle to what you're dealing with, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good, it's good to have people who, you know, add to, add a, who add, to your solutions instead of adding to your problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know I mean? there are t- that type of people. Mm-hmm. I think about it. But like, hey, but being that you just said that, um, like how how like how did you find peace if you're at peace? Because I know sometimes like we go through life. Life is crazy. Like Definitely. life is uh, it's not always uh rainbows and butterflies as, as they say. Exactly. So I, at the point in my life right now, I I believe I'm at peace. Um, I'm happy with who I am, who I'm becoming. But like, how do how do you do that? Like, because I I went through a whole day. We could probably talk about that later. But mm-hmm. I just want to know how you do that. So, for lack of a better explanation, I use God as a trash can, which mm-hmm. means to me, like anything that doesn't serve me purpose, I give it to Him. I throw it away. Mm-hmm. I let Him understand it, and that's what I use to just clear my mind and of a sense of relief. Like, you know what, this problem is too big for me right now. Like, I'm just give it to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I don't want to go through through this right now. Like I, my mental capacity isn't like isn't ready to deal with this shit. So I'm gonna just leave it up to God. You know? Okay. And later, you'll it'll come back to you like, oh shit! Like it, here's the answer I I was asking for. What yeah. are you even asking for? It? Yeah. You just l- l- gave it up. Like gave that suffering to someone else or eliminated that suffering. You're able to breathe, and you're like. It comes back to you as knowledge, like oh shit, like yeah, it's true, you know? man. Because there's there's a lot of things that I've been through, and I'm just like, why am I going through this shit? But it made me a better person. Yeah. Like, um, like for example, if I have a problem that I have a really hard time understanding, like you said, you threw it away, or like you, like didn't. I guess you didn't put your focus on it, right? No. Nah. But it ended up coming back to you as a life lesson. Yes. And and I see like on your hat you have a, a little bit of uh, D it says DNA but you also have a symbol yes and it looks like a little devil but what, what else can it be so um, oh you got it right here too yeah that's that's how much you gotta believe in yourself you know what I mean like that's my logo I came up with it it's on my body forever and if it doesn't mean anything to anybody else it means something to me and that's why I got it on there um, but why it looks like a devil is just is because of the horns are you yeah. yeah. 
but when you look when you put your head down you know you got to be reminded that yo it's okay you know like it's okay you have bad days pick your head back up so that's what it is it's god looking back up at you like get your head up i got so it's it's it's, it's jesus huh jesus that's crazy that's very creative how'd you come up with that you know what that's an interesting that's an interesting question um what made you or would you have to go through to come up with that because you, you, uh, different creatives go through yes. different inspirations, right? That process. So uh, in my early years, uh, I was always like pulled, pulled towards like graffiti art, like different types of like visual, um, I guess, visual type of aesthetics, different types of like taste, textures, whatever you want to call it. I was exposed to all that because my cousins were into art and graffiti and stuff and they would bring black books around the house they would have like color pencils spray cans all types of like coloring material i was exposed to that so fast forward i'm about like maybe a sophomore or junior and uh i'm very into kanye and the way he's doing his thing his, his creative side of things you know mm-hmm. um as you should and <laughs> I, and a shout out yeah and he has this yeah he's his piece he's his face and i'm like yo that was that was dope like that's shout out to jesus and uh, i want something like that that's captivating like you know who we know what that is when you see it you know and i was just drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and i was coming across i ain't gonna lie i was looking up at google and trying to trace some shit and it didn't come out the way i wanted to but then i flipped it and then i seen the horns come up but i was like oh shit i got the chills i was like oh shit hold up and I just like traced it nice and neatly, and then I, ca- I came up with something, and then I take it, I took it to my guy who vectored it and made it all straight and neat the way it's supposed to. And I was right. like, take it yeah, back, and bro. that's it, and it just stuck. It was simple like that, like as simple as a Nike so, sign, bro. So, right? so to you, yeah, it, it looks pretty dope, bro. It looks like it's uh, I like the double meaning. Mm-hmm. I like how it has a halo, yeah. but but like more importantly, like that's your thing, that's your yes. brand, right? Yes. So like, let's talk about that. DNA as a brand itself, like how, like what do you, what do you look, like for the future of the brand, like what does it represent and all that. So far more than just the clothing and uh, what the logo goes on, uh, garment wise or whatever canvas is on, I think that what I'm trying to push here and what my purpose is in life is just to have people understand that, um, you know, it's Dios nos entiende, God understands us. Um, that that means that like. No matter who you are, people say you are, what you think you are, like he understands you, bro. You feel me? End of story. It's about acceptance. I'm here to tell people to accept themselves and that no matter what judgment they go through, like no one judges you. At the end of the day, it's all what God wants. You feel me? It's whatever he says is going to do, what he wants you to be. It's already planned for you. It's already planned for you, bro. You feel me? You just got to follow along with this journey, you know? And for those of you who don't believe in God, that's completely okay. I respect that. You feel me? Everyone has their own belief system. Just know that he loves you too. You feel me? And that's what I believe. And I'm here to push that and nothing but good energy, good vibes. And that's it. You know what I mean? And more to it, life is simple. You know, life is simple. Yeah, definitely, man. And, and that's one thing, man. Like, I uh, I grew up uh, very Catholic. Um, my parents put me through, like, church school and stuff i'll go to church school on sunday so i understand i read the bible you know all that so like i do have a relationship with god but religion in itself is just not really my thing the same here bro like i understand that that book called the bible was used to manipulate millions of people you know in our past and was kind of like sub wrote through benefit you know 
whatever that kingdom wanted or whatever. So I don't know. It's deep. I it's deep. It's yeah, deep, yeah. So yeah it's deep. I'm paraphrasing a bunch of bullshit, but I understand you know how people feel about religion, and that's why I respect their belief system. Me, at the end of the day, I believe there's a heaven, and what you do here on earth gives you credit to get there. You mm-hmm. feel me? So like, you do things out of your heart, and that's what gives you credit to get into heaven. You feel yeah, me? yeah, hell yeah. And then uh, how, like, okay, so have you seen that movie Pay It Forward? Pay It Forward. There's a movie, but the saying itself is uh, paying it forward, like doing something for somebody that like you don't want them to pay you back, but to like, pay, like pass it on to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like what I thought about when I was like. Um, my buddy hit me up and said, "Hey, let me cut your hair." I'm like, "All right, I'll pay it forward. Like I'm, you know, charge it to the game. Like, like I'm let you chop me up, and then like whatever that does for you, do it for somebody else. You know, because I was I was paying him, bro. Like I was, pay- he just wanted to do it for free. Like he, hey, I'm gonna cut your hair. I'm like, all right. I did that, and he expected me not to pay, but I still slid him like a twenty. And I don't know what that did in in the whole like matrix or whatever, but like I hope that paid forward. But like, what's your idea on paying it forward? And will, have you ever done anything like that? Um, <clears throat> my idea of paying it forward, um, it doesn't necessarily have a, like a monetary value to it, but I feel like knowledge should be passed on forward. You know, if you if you could tell younger your younger self like, hey, you should do it like this or go about this way, like you're paying it forward to the youth somebody who's willing to listen you know yeah what knowledge that you obtain through the lesson that you learn from like pay that yeah. forward you feel me like give that to someone else. yeah that, i so they don't have to trip over the same rock you know? i value that so much because i feel like uh there's a certain things that i've gone through that i'm like fuck dude i wish i never went through this shit and then i i don't just hold on to it if i see somebody about to go through that i'm like hey look do it this way you don't have to do it this way but do it this way. Trust me, because you don't want to go through this shit. Yeah, I, like I hate pe- seeing people go through shit. Because especially if I could, if I could steer them away from that. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a really good way to think about things. Like now, you got me thinking. So yeah, and th- I, for me, it's like I want to say common, but it's like, bro, all I have sometimes is just my ears. My people come to me, bro, and they talk to me and tell me shit that I sometimes don't have any advice to give, but I'm just listening to them. And that's one thing, man. That I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like. Being a barber, you're some your people's therapist in a way, oh, huh? Bro, sheesh. The conversations we've had in there, bro, it's so. Yeah, like, man. It, that's how it, it feels. It, that's and how it's, it feels. It's, uh, it's like one of my things, man. Like it's one of the things that I always tell people. Like if you're gonna tell me a secret, bro, just know, I'm gonna tell two people, and they're like, who? And like my girl, and like who's the other person? I'm like my barber. Bro. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> There's no secrets over here, bro. My barber, was, you know, you know, you know how it is. You're chopping somebody up, you know, you're making them look good and. And, like, they trust you, 100% trust you, especially in the intimate setting that you have. Exactly. It's um, like the one-on-one type of One-on-one, yeah. So let, let's get to that later. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely, man, like, uh, how, 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 how do you feel about that, like, uh, being somebody's therapist or being just being there to talk to somebody? I, I was always told that uh, barbering is more than just a haircut. Yeah, definitely. And I was young when I got told that, so I don't really understand it. You feel me? Yeah, that's why people say loyal to that barber because, like, okay, you could get, you could low key kind of get like people are some people are better than others. Like you could get like almost the same type of cut somewhere else, and but the thing is like it's just building that relationship between your barber talking shit at the barber shop. If if that's the case of where you're at, no or, homo, no homo. Sorry, no offending nobody. But <laughs> it's a certain level of intimacy. Oh yeah, you for sure. Me, yeah, like, yeah. It's you, you you get to tell your barber shit that you haven't told anybody. Yeah, about. or not even that. Like if you're at a barbershop, 
like, I mean, who knows, whatever, right? There's certain things you shouldn't share with everybody, <laughs> but like, you'll be at a point where you'd be like, hey, you, like you said, people have different perspectives. Yeah. So you'd be like, hey, so what y'all think about this? And everybody would start talking their shit or like telling you the real shit, you know? You know what? By talking their shit, I mean like giving you facts. That doesn't always happen at all barbershops. Mm. You know, let me make, let me make, uh, more toxic. Yeah, let me make this like a, a comparison. I worked at a small shop and what you just said, that's live. That gets live. Like yeah. everyone opinions. Boom. Opinions, yeah. opinions, opinions. But when you go to a barbershop where there's like 10 chairs deep, bro, and you got 10 different heads and maybe even 20 different heads. Yeah. Trying to opinionate on what you just said. It's like, hold up. Do I even want to say this? You feel yeah. Like, yeah. You just hold back no, a little bit, you But know? so that's why like your setting, you said it's, it's more intimate. More like you intimate. could tell, like you could say anything and then you'd be like, yeah. Huh. Or someone would be like making fun of, or, you yeah. know, like there's always that one person that doesn't take shit serious. There has to be some type of comedy relief. You know what I mean? You have oh. to be able to laugh. You Absolutely. Have to be able to laugh. Absolutely, bro. But there's like, there's there's always like something, there's humor in, in anything. Oh, of course. You can find, and that's why I love comedy so much. Um, I do stand up comedy. So, like, there's, there's, that's one of my jokes where I kind of bring it up. Like, hey, I'm going to tell, see, if you can tell me a secret, just know that I'm going to tell my, my girl <laughs> and my barber. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of, it opens up like a something that's very uh, common for all all of us to understand, and then I just you know I, I finish it with a you good get, joke. So. You get a good feedback. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's true. I, you know that scene that said, "Yo, I'd rather cheat on my girl than my barber." Hey, unfortunately, that's facts. You feel me? Like yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then what? Okay, so like I had I had one of my one of my homegirls. Her name is Daniela. Uh, shout out to Daniela. She was on the podcast. She's an esthetician, so she does lashes and she's into that beauty shit. She went to beauty school and all that. So there was a question I asked her. It was like, okay, what do you do if your if your man cheated on you with your lash lady? And I'm like, that's one of the that's one of the worst things. Because think think about it vice versa. What if like I'm not saying that to you, but like just in general, like what if your girl cheated on you with your barber? Equally. Nah, that's some <laughs> snake shit because your barber's your your man's you know like your what's, barber's your what's you know? more fucked though but if he's cheating on you with your all right your girl cheats on you with me but then i still cut you up that that's is, fucked that's, up that, and you don't say nothing <laughs> yeah that's that's a no-no <laughs> no nah, man that's no that, that's you know it's, you know like you said there's humor <laughs> there's humor in everything but that's fucked up she she straight up like she was like oh yeah that's that's kind of a snake shit to do because i would tell her about him like i would tell this bitch about him like if she if that were to happen, like I'm the one telling her about this dude, and then she goes on and then did that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so it was it was a cool little perspective to to see from a woman's perspective uh, how everything is because not 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 all things uh, make sense, you know, to yeah. us. Can't fuck up the money, bro. Yeah, you I can't, mean, bro. Nah, bro. You, you can't, can't fuck it up because then like it, it, it kind of trickles down. Like people are like, oh, this dude did this. That's some, that's so yeah, man. That's, some that's cool, bro. Hey, okay. So being that you have an intimate setting, mm-hmm. um, I bro, I. Bro, I've been to as as bad as it sounds. Like I, a lot of my friends used to come here, so like I would just go maybe float around like here and here and here, and they were practicing, so I would just go around. You know what I mean? But like I, I've been cut up in the backyard. I've been cut up in the boiler room. I've been cut up in a garage, hot as hell, no lights. <laughs> I've been cut up in a fucking by a chicken coop, bro. I've been cut up everything, bro. How, how did your uh, first uh, humble beginning start? cut that out (laughs) um no i think like those experiences build you build character you know you to the point where it's like you don't become a bougie barber oh it's too hot i don't want to cut 
Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, there's a dog right there. Get him away. You know, like, oh, yeah. Trust me. There's the <laughs> dogs, too. You know, there's a pile of diaper or whatever. You can become bougie. Like, I've cut in so many places where you're just like, you know. But that's the beauty of what we do. You could do it whenever, wherever, you know. And for you to be bougie and say you don't want to cut it, that's just, I don't respect that, you know. So I feel like going through that process of, like, cool, I finally have a little place of my own. With a nice little AC, you know what I mean? Nice lighting. Lighting is key. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I fucking killed my eyesight working in dim lighting. You know, no glasses. Focus, trying up, to focus. Trying to focus, you know, until someone said, hey, bro, back up. That's when I saw my eye doctor. I went to go see my eye doctor, and yeah, that made a difference. But the bad lighting did it to me, I feel like. Anyways, but yeah, once you have a, a little setting of your own, um, you create this sense of, like, again, peace, going back to peace. You dictate who comes in who and how they leave, you know? A person could come in fucked up, not necessarily like their hair fucked up, but mentally fucked up. You have the ability to say, you know what, bro, it's not that bad. Look at yourself. Boom. Turn around and you see a smile come up. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? That's the power that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more than just a cut. It's like, oh, shit. It's it's, it kind of gives them self-confidence. Yeah. But that, that's one thing I want to tell you. So, like, you, you said you can't be bougie, so... Like, what's the, like, most humblest place that you started cutting? And then what's the dopest place that you started cutting? All right. Um, I'm pretty sure I've, I've heard that you got flown out. Yeah, yeah that was cool. That was cool. Uh, shout out my boys out there. You feel me? We out here doing it. <laughs> uh, now, um, I've cut in the bathroom, bro. I've cut in the bathroom before. That's very humbling. I've cut in backyards, bro, um, next to fucking dog poop and whatever. You feel me? Next to Lavanderias Chiquita. Wherever I could get it, bro. And back then, you had to, like, plug in your clippers to the <laughs> wall. So wherever I could find a plug, bro, I'm good. Now, the chain, the game has changed, bro. Everything's all wireless. Yeah. So we literally could do anywhere, bro. Yeah. You have no excuse. And that's cool um, because, again, it, it you take your, your you take your office anywhere with you. You feel me? Your office meaning your backpack. Um, I've gone to, uh, I started at the bathroom, bro, and now I've been to casinos, fucking suites, you feel me? Flown out to different states to go cut hair. Uh, met, like, different artists, bro. Been around the loop with people who I never thought I'd be around. Just off of these two little clippers, bro. You feel me? And I'm just yeah. like, I feel blessed to be able to wake up and sustain myself, feed my child, have a roof over my head, you feel me? Clothes on my back. Off of two clippers, you feel me? And I feel that it's humbling to remember and have people remember me. I mean, remind me. And tell me, I remember when you started at the boiler room. I remember when you cut in the fucking bathroom of the UN. You feel me? I remember when you did that. Oh, you were cutting in the bathroom in the UN, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was That's a- right. I forgot about that. Shout That's at the boulevard, huh? At the boulevard, bro. You were chopping up in the bully. I've been, I've been. How's your relationship with that? Like, are you still chopping them up or who you still chop up? Uh, I chop up seeds. You, st- you chop up seeds? He, he's been he's been loyal to you or what? Uh, we've been loyal to each other, bro. It's been crazy. Um, when I first met him, it was kind of shout like, out to C's, shout out to UN. C's, UN, man, y'all, y'all, y'all doing it big. Much love. Um, nah, C's, man. It's a funny story. When I met him, I was more like talkative with Jay. Yeah. And C's was always behind the picture. Yeah. He was never. He never had time for a cut. And every time Jay sat down in my chair, um, it was always like, "Fuck, I gotta get this shit done." Like always cussing, always cussing at his, at, at the fucking at the phone. You feel me? Never had time. Da, da, da. I was like. You feel me? I was kind of, I, I was shaky when I fucking I was cutting them up because I was like, damn, I don't want to fuck up. You feel me? Like that. And it kind of has to be quick. Yeah, he, precision. He had, he had like maybe twenty five minutes, bro. And I'm like, how am I gonna get a? Is he do? You feel me? I so, saw him at the Chappelle show, but I didn't say what's up. I don't know him like that. 
<laughs> my boy blew up. Uh, but it was it was it was good, bro, because he elevated my skill to the next level in the sense of uh, giving me that confidence, like, hey, bro, you're worth more than what you say you 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 do. Mm. And at that time, I was charging fifteen bucks. You feel me? Like, hey, give me fifteen, bro, hoping to get twenty. Yeah. You feel me? Somebody, some some of his people walked by in the bathroom in the back of the UN and was like, "Oh, that's dope. You have a barber shop here." Before what they Bef- have now. What they have now? Before. Well, can can you? After after we finish this conversation, can you like kind of explain what he, what he has now? So he was in the back in the bathroom and uh, he was getting cut. His people walked by um, to the back and they were pretty stoked. Like, oh shit, you have a barber back here? That's sick. <laughs> and he was like, how I much? I forgot about that. He was like, how much? And before I had a chance to open my mouth, he said 25, 30 bucks. And I'm like, oh shit, I was going to charge 15, but just yeah. to get him on my chair, you know? Yeah. He said, nah, 25, 30 bucks. I bet, 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 cool, cool. And they, they slid. You feel, it, you feel me? So, so that moment changed your price. Yeah, that your moment. price went up. Yeah. Like, so I'm pretty sure you, you had to go through it. Uh, I mean, it, just like anything, Um, I hate that it has to be that way, but it's it kind of the way it has, like, it has to be that way. You say you kind of have to do the work behind the scenes, do free free haircuts, get your name out there. You know what? Kind of show people what you got to do, what you could do. I don't dish on anybody who go to school. I eventually want to go to school. But what I learned through this whole time, you can't teach this shit in school. You can't teach this shit in nine months. Oh, you for sure. Me? Like, everything that I've learned, they can't tell you, bro. You can't buy knowledge like that, bro. Like, no, and you got to live it, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and in my case, um, I went to culinary school. Yes, you learn a lot in school, right? You learn the, the science behind shit, the reason why, if this happens, this is the reaction you get. You you In a way, you kind of have to know, yeah. you know? But you don't really, you graduate culinary school, you go to the real world, bro, you're fucking green. Like, you don't yeah. know what the fuck you're doing. Like, you've never been put in those situations. So you kind of like going through the experience first, and then getting to the school later is going to be so much easier for you. And to uh, add on to what you just said, I briefly worked at a at a retirement home. I started as a dishwasher, and there was a chef there who was cool as shit, bro. Cool as shit. And he fucking was like, hey, help me out. Chop this shit up. Like, we were behind. Yeah. Started chopping celery, carrots, potatoes, onions. And he saw, shout out to my mom, that I knew how to, like, hold the knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bah, 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 bah. He was like, hey, take that shit off. You're going to be my prep chef. Come yeah, on. Yeah, like, yeah. fuck the dishes. Get your ass over here. Yeah. And he just, boom. And you have, like, mentors and people who just, like, you know. They hold you up. They bring you up. So, like, when he said 20, 35 bucks, like, that was that moment that brought you up. Yeah. It was, like, a cool little, you know, yeah. notch. Like, oh, shit, bet. Cool. That's know? dope. And then from there on, I started, me la creí. I believed it. Yeah. I believed in myself. Like, cool. And this is before I even knew how big this man was going to be. Like, I, I wasn't, like, into sneakers like that. Yeah, I had a cool little, like, maybe five pairs of J's and thought I was cool. But I didn't know how big these people were, you feel me? Yeah. And now I just so happened to be there in the mix. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, lo and behold, they, gr- they blew up to where they are now. Um, and everything that he has now, you know, the barbershop, the, the fucking, uh, the tattoos, the shoes, the ice cream, it was all talked about. That moment. That moment. Like in back the, in the day. Back in the day. He bro. knew this was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, of course. He manifested it. Bro, of course. I, I'm I'm here as a fucking witness to to him saying that all this was going to happen. I'm God. Like, I'm God, bro. I got the chill. Like, he said this shit. 
You feel me? Like he said, I'm, he said, I'm not going to cut my hair until I get a million. What happens? Got his dreads. Right. Boom. Cut his shit off once he got a million. Yeah, like a million, million, million. But 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 you know you know it's crazy, bro. Like, like I know people like that too, and and I like good credit to them because like my father, um, when when my mom was pregnant with me, he kind of did the same thing. He's like, I'm not gonna cut my hair till my son's born. I'm not gonna cut my hair till my son's born to show God that like no you know I want I want yeah promesa like a promise. He's like, uh, my son, give, give me a healthy son, and then I'll, I'll do this for you. Yeah. Like kind of like that, you know what I mean? Not do this for you. You can't really do anything for God, but like you know, just like show that you're, you know, mm-hmm. that promise. So that's cool, man. Like I forgot, yeah, he did go through that, the dreads and yeah, stuff. Yeah, bro, it, it's it's it was just the whole time. It was just like I was working on my own lane. You know, what I mean, life kind of took me a different direction. But but isn't that isn't that such a cool thing to like kind of be around those people that blew up? Sure. Isn't it inspiring? It's it's you you're you believe the belief in yourself. It just goes skyrockets, you feel me? Because you literally shook hands with this guy, was around with this guy, and then you see what it took to get to the point where he is. You're like, well, bro, like, this is possible. I could do it, too. You how, feel me? how did that... I, I'm not saying it hating, like, how, like how or whatever, but, like, it's just interesting to me. Like, it, you had to do something for, for them to have you in the bathroom cutting hair. That, that's, a cool, that's a cool story, too. So... And it led me through the logo to my brand and everything. Oh, brand yeah. Was put, what put me there, bro. And I say that because shout out to my boy Zap, Zapatero Aguilar. Um, he, he's very, like, known in the shoe industry as well and, and was very close friends to JC. And right with the, when, the, when the Boulevard Mall was going under construction, he had his print shop in front of the JC. Mm-hmm. And he just so happened to say, hey, bro, I have three heads. You want to come and cut them up right here at the Boulevard? And I was mobile, so I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll pull up. I didn't know it was C's, I didn't know it was J. I just knew he had three people for me. And you were nice. You were already nice. You know? Yeah. So I pulled up, sure enough. He literally sat down in una, una bote pintura, like a paint bucket. Yeah. And I put my little... C's? Yeah. And, and I just put my little estuche right there, my little case, and just telling them my story, bro. You feel me? Yeah. Telling them my brand. And they invited them. you back. And then J was like, after I cut C's, he went back. Jay came back, sat down. I told him what happened and who I know, what what's up with my with, with my vision, and he was like, "Yo, come check this out." Literally, they were still rolling paint, blue paint on the walls when he told me, "Come check this out." I go to the back where they had all this inventory, and there was a room where they washed the shoes because back then they would restore shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah I, I remember that. So New Life Kicks, that's a different story too. Akeem, shout out. Um, yeah, he was in the back right there too. And uh, he was like, look, I have this space. I don't know if it, you could work with this, but, you know, boom, boom. And it was during the time where they, like, they were doing whatever they could to keep the lights on, bro. Like, yeah. they were selling their own shoes. I I, I want you to talk to C's, bro. C's if story. You could, if you could get that for me, bro, that would be dope. C's story needs to be put on a fucking documentary somehow one day, bro. Because this fool is the real. It's the real. He's the real. I mean, I, I mean, bro, I hope, man, as humbling as, as my little place is, man, I hope. He's a cool-ass fool. Like he'll, he'll if he got the time, because I know he's a busy dude. I'm motherfuckers traveling. But shout out to C's. Nah, he came and told me, like, he was going through, bro. Like, they would be happy that a shoe was so because they could keep the lights on. That meant they could keep the lights on. Yeah. And it, it most, most of the times it meant that one of their shoes sold, their yeah. private collection. All the shoes in there were about, like, nine, size eights, eights or nines. You feel me? Because they, yeah. they, they were their own private shoes. Right, right, right. So they were doing whatever they could to bring in money to keep the lights on. And one of those ideas was, hey, let's have a barber back there. You feel me? Yeah. 
And he was like, yo, you have enough people to pay me a hundred bucks a week? I'm like, that's 20 bucks a day. Shoot it. You feel me? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm here, bro. Yeah. And yeah, and I had people pull up. They'd come and be like, yo, I'm here for a haircut. And they ignore it. You feel me? Because yeah. they were telling me to tell my people, like, hey, don't say they're coming to get a haircut. Because it was low key. We're yeah. not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would be like, hey, tell them to come see Danny. So they would come, tell C's or Joni, shout out Joni. Hey, I'm here to see Danny. And walk bro, this back. is <laughs> yeah. I did not expect to have this conversation, bro. I forgot about that, bro. Because I, I did. I remember. I remember going to the UN and um, like the first time I walked in, they're still building it up, and I, I saw that had out Red Octobers. You know, a lot of shops didn't have that back in the day, and I'm like, yo, y'all got a dope collection here. And he's like, yeah, man, come fuck with us. How, how do you hear about us? I'm like, bro, honestly, I was just walking down the boulevard. Yeah, he's like. No one told you about this place? I'm like, he was kind of like surprised that the word of mouth hasn't kept that. And like, I'm surprised that I didn't hear about it. But like, bro, like the UN blew up. Like, you know. It blew up, bro. And I remember him telling me about the heat locker before he even had it. He was telling me about a claw machine. I'm like, what the fuck? The claw machine? He told you about yeah, that too? Damn. And he was like, he was like, nah, watch. You know the little machines that are up? Why? Who's going to put shoes in that bitch? I'm like, what the fuck? So he calls me back for a haircut. And I see a machine without the logos. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. this shit got real. Yeah, quick. And then I think he had the, what was the first one? Turtle Doves? Yeah, Turtle Doves. Turtle Doves. He put them all in there. Yeah. And everybody was going crazy on that bitch. Like, what? It's a game? He had all the users. And two, he had the fucking games. You could win one for free. Not for free, but like, like five bro, bucks. Five like, bucks. Yeah. So like, bro, that's what just, you know, got the ball rolling. Like somebody pushed the snowball off the cliff. Side of the ball. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I feel like after the, the whole claw machine thing, they blew up. I feel like that's what caused them to be different. I knew they were going to be huge when I seen the, I seen the fucking claw, <clears throat> the machine in this episode of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I seen With that. the shoes? With the shoes, bro. Wow. I seen that. Were they the Simpsons. first or one of the first? I want to say the first. I'll give them the first because fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But if I'm mistaken, shit, I'm mistaken. But I, they're the first person in Vegas who I seen them do that with sneakers. Yeah. They probably did with some other shit like Rolexes or jewelry or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But shoes, bro, that was their. That was that was it. You know. Fuck, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he pulls Yeah, he again. This this whole thing gives a whole full circle. He blows up. I end up still working, and I got located at a barbershop called Aztec Barbershop. Shout out Pilar, shout out, you know, uh, Caesar, shout out Javier, everybody who kind of opened their doors and their arms to me. They took me in like a fucking son, bro. You feel yeah, me? yeah. And I didn't have a license. You know what I mean? So I'll, uh, I'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, Pilar took me in and she liked who I was as a person. She saw that I had a little bit of activity going with my people and was like, you know what, mijo, like, come help us out. And I said for sure. I was super stoked. I called everybody like, "Hey, I'm in the shop. Come, come say what's up. Come fuck with me. Come say hi. Come yeah, hi. you cut. You cut one of my uh, best friends, bo- uh, the brothers, mm. the Delatores. Hey, yo, yo, yo. That's a Delatore. Shout out, shout out. Yeah, I still. I was there for a cool five. You actually years. cut my hair once. I think, you you I, cut my hair once. My, my barber was on vacation. I'm like, bro, I'm down bad. I need a haircut. <laughs> and you're like, come here, my son. And I'm like, yes. No, Hook me up. You know what? Never came back. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. No, well, that's the thing, bro. I, uh, like, I, like I said, like I'm always, I'm faithful to my barber. Yeah. So, like, 
since then, like, I kind of plan accordingly. Like, if he's going to go on vacation, like, I'm going to get a haircut before he leaves. No, nah, you know I should. I should. Shit. I'm just cracking at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he came there. I was there for, like, five years, bro. And then from that point, I moved to Icon. Icon uh, Barbershop right here on Nellis and Stewart. Um, and kind of just did my own thing from there. Did two years there. Beautiful shop, beautiful place. I grew as a person, grew as a barber. Up until that point, I had like the blinders on. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I was at a little Tunnel shop, vision. a little little mom and pop shop, and I thought this was it for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, go to Icon Barbershop, and then everything was just, <sighs> bro, this is your own boss, boss. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I started taking my craft seriously. Um, I was going in at seven in the morning, leaving at eleven p.m. You know, chopping, chopping, bro. And I'm not just fucking dilly dagging bro i'm literally chopping 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 how, how long is your haircut uh i try to do 40 40 to an hour yeah 40 to an hour that's depends true. on the conversation <laughs> definitely 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 and you know the whole you know ig pictures in here and there <coughs> that's right um so again i'm at the shop back to the story sorry back in the, i'm at the shop and at this point i have keys to the shop and i'm in a position where i could open stay late do what i want in the shop like they trust me with the shop mm. um and then it's around graduation time for high schools. She has uh, his brother Chewy. Shout out Chewy, Chewy Wop, and he's about to graduate. And C's can't get a hold of anybody. And I haven't talked to C's in about like fucking three years. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the whole time that I've been grinding, and he's like, "Yo, D, where are you at right now, bro? Like, I need a haircut. My my brother graduation. It's like fucking 10 p.m., bro. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm done. I'm on my. And last you were one. still at the shop. Yeah, working on my last one. It's like, bro, can, where are you, bro? I'll pull up right now, bro. I'll take care of you with the whoop. And I could, this is the point where I could have been a dick and be like, nah, fuck that. I'm, I'm trying to go home. You feel me? I'm yeah. trying to go home. This is for all these new barbers out here that ain't trying to stay late. Bro, I stayed late, opened the door. Like, like you said, it comes. It comes. Yes, it comes back. He came by, bro. And uh, he kind of put you on in a way, too. So yeah, you got to yeah. you gotta no, take care of him. Fuck yeah, always, bro. Um, and he was so happy that I was able to get him in. And he was like, how much is it, bro? Our prices at the time were like 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. He put, fucking pulls out an envelope, gave me a blue one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, you relax, bro. Like, you don't got to do all that. Like, I'm doing this out of just, I love, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, nah, bro, I appreciate you. Boom, gave me a blue one, shook hands, and they can't fuck with me ever since, bro. Yeah? We so you, you, you're his barber now? Yeah, like, solidified, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, He's been even pull, he's been pulling up, bro. He's a humble dude, man. He's one of the like most down to earth people I know, bro. And I'm blessed to say I have I know him like that. You feel me? Uh, some of the conversations that we've had are just like special, one of a kinds. And I I'm I feel happy and blessed to have this information. You feel me? That he's told me this. You feel me? I cherish that and I appreciate that because it's a level of of trust, like you said, and intimacy that goes into, like, building this relationship. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that's, you know, how it all came to full circle. Damn. And and, and it went from asking you, how do you start (laughs) that whole story? That's so dope, man. Because, like, you don't really think about shit like that. Like, I'm pretty sure nobody else has a dope story like that, bro. It's a journey, bro, and and it's still getting better, you know? That's that's what's up, man. You have your own spot now. You're chopping up. You're, You're doing well, right? You're busy? Yes, sir. How's business? Business is booming. Booming. <laughs> Business is booming. No, uh, shout out to COVID. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm a dumbass. Um, now, nah, COVID really like opened my eyes to really, again, believing in myself, 
uh, up until that point, I was working in a barbershop, and I gave, you know, booth friend, you beat on you, you feel me? Booth friend beat on you. And, um, you know, once, once COVID hit, they suspended the whole haircutting industry. And I still had to figure out how to make my money. I didn't get any fucking um, unemployment, unemployment, none of that, you know. So I had to figure it out, and it took me back to my roots, which was going to people's houses, working out of my garage, working out of bathrooms, kitchens, you name it. You know, I had to figure it out. And this is during COVID time, so I'm going in fully masked on and, you know, gloved up, you feel me? It's, it's hard, but, you know, and pe- people took care of me for that, you know. It went from, like, then coming to my office to me going to their livelihood and then offering me a taco, offering me a soda, telling me to sit down, have a beer, you feel me? So it, it made their bond which your barber got tired. Like, oh, right, right, oh, right. This coming to my house, bro. I'm doing them a favor, but they're really doing me a bigger one. You feel me? Like, so it was kind of like you went through adversity, adversity, but not really. Like, it was kind of like you just, you just had to go through that at the moment. You have to. You had to figure it out, bro. What, I, are, what are your views on adversity? <laughs> adversity. Adversity for me means overcoming obstacles that they tell you you won't overcome or you can't overcome, and then you show them. You know, you show them with action, you show them with uh, class, you show them with um, grace. Humility. Humility. And um, just paying it back, showing them, like, you know what? Thank you for not believing in me. This is, this is like, your energy helped me get here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not, not necessarily in a braggadocious <clears throat> type of tone, but more of, like, I needed that. I needed someone to tell me no, you know, so I could prove somebody wrong on some Kobe shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's so dope, man. So that's what I feel adversity. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And I think everybody has to go through it, man. And it just shapes you. Uh, I'm pretty, like you said, uh, even people such as like the UN, they had to go through adversity. Like they had to sell one sneaker just to keep the lights on. So in your case, you had to go through that. 100%. And and anything else that you had to go through? Um. And why did it stick with you? Why do you think about it like now? Um, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, tragic moments of my life has been my two cousins passing at the same time. Yeah. That really changed my perspective on life. Um, I knew them too. They rest in peace. Rest in peace. My condolences, man. Forever. Um, yeah, Omar and Kevin were very big, bro. They're my little brothers. I don't have brothers. I have sisters. So mm-hmm. I was like, they're male. Like, they're right, older right, brother, right. you know? And, um... Yeah, they both lived with me briefly and shit, um, and they respected me to the fullest. And I feel I was able to get peace at the end of it all because I was comfortable knowing that they knew I loved them. Yeah. And we said it to each other, like, openly. All the time. Yeah, I love all you. I love you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's, that's um, I, I forgot about that, too. Do that shit. So, Everybody. Yeah, for sure. That's all. I always tell, I always uh, go out of my way to tell people, like, even if I don't, I haven't talked to them, hey, bro, I love you. Have a good day. Yeah. That's it. That's big. And then um I remember you you came you came down to the to the little party we had at uh the boxing place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um that was actually the last Halloween we had together. Um uh, that night was epic for sure. Oh, it was dope. I had a good time with my brothers, you know. Um but I guess what I'm trying to say, the way it impacted me is the fact that I know there's youth. You feel me? I could impact the youth. I have a little bit of, of a touch within the youth community, you know, and and I, if I could change um, somebody's life for the better, like, that's my role. That's my purpose, you know. And I use my cousin's um, tragic incident to kind of tell the kids to be safe, buckle up, drive safe, yeah. you feel me? Like, put the phone down or some shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have that 
how do I say that? Credibility. Like, credi- credibility to say, hey, bro, like, think about it, bro. You yeah, like, definitely. You feel me? Like, yeah, but, and that's something you should do. You should always, like, you can't be too reckless all the time. Exactly. But uh, to tell the kids, you know, like, don't has, be, re- don't be. Someone has to tell them, bro. You know what I mean? Someone. Yeah. And if, if you have somebody who looks, who looks up to you, bro, you feel me? Who wants to, like, kind of follow in your footsteps, you have to put them on, too. You feel me? You can't lead them. If you know better and you know they don't know better, and you don't show them better, you doing wrong. Yeah, because you're not put, you're not giving them that information. You're letting them go struggle. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Exactly. You feel me? You can't hold the information. Yeah, you knowledge. Know. Pass it on. Pass it on. Pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Keep the good energy. Always. <laughs> well, what, what do you what do you think about uh, this quote? Elevation through elimination. Mm, that's a good one. <clears throat> elevation through elimination. You gotta li- eliminate through ele- to elevate. Yeah. Hold on, let me say that again. You gotta eliminate to elevate, and that's with anything uh, in life. You gotta get rid of some of the bad in order for you to rise up to the good, and um, that that to me resonates a lot with my peers and my friends and the people who I used to surround myself with. Again, we're all young, but that doesn't have to determine who you become in life or. Your, your young, immature decisions doesn't have to dictate who you will be in life. And you just have to be woke enough to be like, you know what, this shit ain't good for me no more. You eliminate it. And once you eliminate it, you rise. Yeah. You feel me? So that's what that means to me. Oh, hell yeah, bro. That's a good way to put it, man. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your brand. Because I, I know I know we, we briefly touched on it, but I feel like yeah. we we owe the, the fans. Like I feel like people get more... Uh, caught on to the story of the brand and the brand itself. So that's why they fuck with it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you got a dope story, bro. I don't know if you knew that. But you have a dope story, bro. You went you went through some cool shit. Like, some humbling shit. Shit that, bro, like, people won't believe. So, being that you have your DNA um, brand, your logo, uh, we talked about how you how you created that. Um, what's your mission statement on the, on the, on the brand itself? <clears throat> My mission statement, it goes as follows to eliminate a conflict of judgment brought upon society or any opposing force other than God himself. Let me say that again (laughs) to eliminate conflict of judgment brought upon society or any opposing force other than God himself. So think about that for a second on your day to day, you get bombarded with judgments from society, meaning your phone, you should be look like this. You should act like this. You should talk like this parents you should go to school you should dress like this you should do this you should do that your siblings do this do this do this that bro eliminate all that shit bro this is what my brand means you feel me acceptance eliminate that judgment just be who you are who you're meant to be on this earth on this planet you feel me that's all that god wants you to be be happy bro you feel me so eliminate all that judgment all that shit that clouds your mind to tell you to be something that you don't want to be you feel me fuck that yeah, because it's something I had a conversation with with one of my mentors um, recently, and they said that it's fucked up. And I never thought about it because you don't think about shit, right? Like when you like, there's things that you don't that don't come up because you don't really have conversations like that. That's why they say it's cool to have somebody that you look up to because they're in the place that you want to be at, yeah. et cetera. But this person was like, it's fucked up that somebody like us gets compared to a millionaire. And we were looked at in on social media to 
provide and kind of have like a image as the same like as a millionaire like mm. we have we have to look like we have money we have to look like we have all that shit and that like you said that's judgment it's judgment and uh damn that's conflict of judgment you know because you wake up to that shit yeah you know I mean? it's, it's kind of fucked up that they compare us to that and then I mean, unfortunately, we're not there, but, like, we're going to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel sometimes we have to look at ourselves también and be like, yo, like, how do I say? accountability. You feel me? I, do, am I allowing this to hurt, to, to hurt me? Am I letting this bug me? How much power am I giving this shit? You feel me? Yeah. Over me. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true, man. So, uh, fuck. How much power do I give my phone over me? Yeah, yeah that's something. You know, some of my, I really appreciate my girl doing she put like a timer on my my social media, Ooh. so I was like, once I'm I'm done with the hour on social media, I'm like, all right, I can't I can't go on no more. I love that because um, I have my son. We gave him a tablet, and I don't. I was concerned. I don't want him to be on this tablet fucking twenty four seven. So this is where co-parenting came in, right? Um, shout out to my ex. <laughs> we came to a conclusion to where it was like, you know what? Let's give him one charge a day. Mm. They have one charge a day, meaning. Once it runs out of battery, it's out. So they're like, yo, I got 30% left. Let me put it down. Let me go do something else. Let me save that 30% for later. Yeah. You know? So I think that's where we got to get to. Yeah, for sure. It's everything in moderation. Moderation, bro. Yeah. That's what it is. Hell yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you showing up to the podcast, bro. This is a really good one. I didn't expect. I had 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 the questions. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't expect it to go the way it did, and I'm glad it did, bro. That, that's that's kind of what I aim for and uh, kind of what I live for in a way. I, I kind of like talking to people, learning their struggles, learning, like, giving me knowledge. Like like we said, like, you went through a struggle. Maybe this is going to help somebody that's listening or, or inspire somebody that, yeah. you know, hum- humble beginnings. But, man, thank you so much. DNE, the brand, uh, Danny. Yep. Uh, man. Hey, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you having me, man. It's good energy. I feel good being around people who are doing something in the sense of like following their ideas, following through with their goals. You know, this is this is dope. You know, don't let it, um, don't let where you're at now stop you from where you're going. You know, like yeah, this yeah. is just temporary. I got a lot of plans, man. You feel me? And just keep going, bro. Keep. Yeah, going. I really appreciate you coming in, man. It was just a dope podcast in my opinion. I had, I had, I really had, I really had fun. But uh, with my closing statement, hey, let's do that again. <laughs> yeah. I love brothers. I love brothers. So my closing statement is. Dios nos entiende. Always. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's go.